Hello everyone, I'm your host Toko and this is my podcast is Worse For That. Welcome, welcome back. And today we're going to be talking about how when we read the Bible, it affects the way we understand the Bible, obviously. But I want to kind of tackle it from a perspective that's a little bit underrated in that, I'll just say it plain out, that sometimes when we read the Bible, we kind of just have this horse mindset like it's one track mindset and i think this is particularly in the case of very well-known stories in the bible where we don't necessarily allow ourselves to build up more on what we know of that person's character either before that iconic story or well-known story or after and hopefully the story or a couple of stories i'm going to be mentioning will kind of help understand help you understand why i'm saying this because yeah it's just been something that i've been low-key thinking about especially after the hefty episode that was tuesday's episode i really really encourage you to listen to it if you haven't um i think in that sense or in the context what i'm talking about i want to just read from genesis 26 and just for some context i won't read everything here this is isaac um, deceiving Abimelech and it goes on to kind of just have this very repetitive cycle and I'm going to explain why so in verse 26 I mean in chapter 26 um, Isaac here is deceiving Abimelech in the same way his dad did I'm going to read from verse 7 it says, when the men who lived there, this is in the pay, in the Philistine land, when the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebecca, he said, she's my sister. She was afraid to say she's my wife. He thought they will kill me to get her because she's so beautiful. But some time later, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebecca. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, she's obviously your wife. Why did you say she's my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get me from to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might have easily taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. Excuse me. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. And then it goes on to describe some water conflicts, conflicts over water rights. And this also did happen to Abraham, Isaac's dad. And then again, a covenant is made again with Abimelech, with Isaac this time. And I say this because in previous chapters, I'm just going to page through. I believe it was in chapter 20, not too long ago, only six chapters ago. Abraham did the exact same thing to Abimelech and it kind of makes me think that Abimelech had been around for a long time if he had been able to be deceived by two um two people of the same blood like two generations essentially and although it's not necessarily a very well-known story I think the story of Abraham being deceitful in terms of lying about his sister is relatively well known and i think to me instead of just focusing on the fact that abraham deceived um 
Abimelech and moving on, I think reading further and referring back to what we have read and what would come much later with Jacob, I think that is a well, a much more well-rounded way of reading the Bible and highlighting this low-key generational curse of deceit and lying and just our human nature to lie. That is, I, I'm not saying that focusing on stories or specific stories is bad. Obviously, if we pinpoint something and we learn from it, it's good. And as long as it's biblically accurate, it's definitely a good thing. But I do think that if we're doing that with every single piece of um, writing we come across that we've heard about in the church or heard about on, you know, very badly interpreted um shows that use biblical themes to bring across secular messages. I think it can be bad because we're not letting ourselves read the book like a book. Obviously, the Bible is a very, very important book, but it's still a book nonetheless that needs to be read as though it was a book. Like, if you take a regular book, I'm reading uh, Lord of the Flies right now. If I just read one particular extract, except from the book maybe for example i'm trying to think of the book now maybe it's the time when jack is hunting the pigs and i didn't know prior to that he was kind of afraid of it it wouldn't have made a lot of continuity sense and just wouldn't have made a lot of sense context wise and sometimes when we get overwhelmed by reading the bible i think sometimes it's because we come across words that that we know and we don't necessarily apply context to it. So that's kind of my main point about this podcast episode. We need to be reading the story of the Bible with context. Especially when we start getting into, I would say, Revelation and also Leviticus. And I say those two specifically because those are very, very context-heavy books. And if you don't understand why certain things are being said because of not applying context, you won't understand what's being said, essentially. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of speak on that and just say and encourage people, even just myself, please just don't be blinded by the lights that is a very known story, just for the sake of knowing that story. Please read the Bible with context. And the good part about this is that we have the Holy Spirit to help us, especially when we are genuinely reading the Bible with intention. One thing that's really great about this Bible plan that I'm reading right now with a lot of my friends on version is that it's very slow. <laughs> I think when I read Bible plans, especially um, devotional Bible plans, they kind of just use verses to back up their point. Now with this one, it's just more so reading the Bible, just genuinely three or four chapters a day, just reading the Bible. And I think it's such a good way to just at least, you know, read something during the day. If you're, if you don't, if you didn't get enough time to actually sit down and, and, um, read the Bible, the physical Bible, we can, you can just read it offline, even on the Uvision app. So I think because of just the fact that it's just reading the Bible chronologically and letting the story, um, unfold, I think it's great because not only are you reading with intention, but you're reading correctly, you know, you're reading as a book would would unfold you know and side note i think the book of genesis is really underrated in terms of just following a story it's just so well written obviously all the other books of the bible are, writ are well written but for a beginning it's just so well written in terms of just how god the presence of god is just so well intertwined in the story 
of the descendants of Adam and Eve and just every generation that comes with it and just just giving context clues to their character just or the people in the Bible is just so well done you know because a lot of the other books in the Bible you know like the Psalms it's just really more so um encouragement and worship of God and just expressing feelings that you may feel biblically biblically well and even just Ecclesiastes it's kind of like an advice or wisdom based book but when you have like a story being told of a generation or an entire or entire lineage it's just really really good when it comes to Genesis but anyway but yes and I think another story that comes to mind and kind of have been debating whether to kind of talk about it in this context is a story of the woman with the issue of blood and I think because of the well-known nature of that story I think we kind of just don't really understand what else could have been told. What else could have been said about, quite frankly, both the daughters in that story. Because if you're not really familiar with the story, basically there's this woman who has been who has been dealing with an issue of blood. Like, I think some people talk about it being like a menstrual problem. But it's just basically an internal problem that she herself has been dealing with for 12 years. And it's not even like she herself is kind of stated out to the beginning of the extract or the, the beginning of that part of the scripture. This is in Mark, found in Mark chapter 5, verse 21 to about 43. It, it doesn't really start out with her. It starts out with Jairus, with his little daughter dying. And I think... Sometimes when we hear about that story, we immediately think about her. But there's another daughter that was dying too. And the coincidence, or not the coincidence, but the intentionality of the story is that the girl was 12 and this woman has been dealing with the issue of blood for 12 years. And I think that kind of gives a nod to the, the level of intention that was these two opportunities coming together, both on God's side and Jesus himself. Showing faith no matter the circumstance and showing faith to heal these two daughters no matter the circumstance. And although the story of itself, the woman with the issue of blood, is very much so an uh, encouraging story and a lifting story, and I definitely, definitely treasure it, I do think that there's so much more that can be spoken about. Even just the people who are watching, if they had, f the people that had followed Jesus, the disciples, from the time a woman touched him, touched his um, cloak to the time when he went to Jairus's home. That is a faith story in itself. Two encounters of faith. The faith in the woman, the faith who had the faith in the woman who touched his garments and the faith of Jesus going out to tell the people who are mourning, say she's only sleeping and then healing her. That is, that is a very, very, very much underrated story. The whole story. And I think that's the intention of it being grouped together in this portion of scripture from verse 21 to about 43. And I think it just goes to show that when we are letting people read the Bible for us and tell us what they think, it can be a little bit, um, <laughs> it can be a little bit, dare I say, lazy of us, because obviously we do need, pastors to speak into our lives that's why they're here they need to speak and men of god we have the gift to speak but reading the bible for yourself doesn't necessarily need a four-year-long theology theology course you don't need to be ordained to read the bible 
you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you, you, need to, you need to let the Holy Spirit take over, obviously. But there are no earthly requirements surrounding that. So there's literally no excuse to not read the Bible in its entirety because that's just how um, selective perspective comes across when you are letting people write the way you see the Bible and those people are not God himself. It can be a little bit... It can be a little bit um, unfortunate, I think, because you're so focused on hearing this, the same story being told in the same way. Obviously, if it's if it's a pastor, I'm not condemning anybody who has preached or a group of pastors that have preached on the same topic. That's if that's what the Lord has convicted them to. That's obviously okay, and of course, of them to preach on that. But if you're letting yourself have that perspective only the only perspective when you're reading the bible or when you, when you come across a very well-known story i think it can be dangerous because the bible is more than just a few iconic stories every single detail of the bible is important to be meditated on and meditated along with the story that we know very well and i'm talking, I'm talking to myself here because i think there are times where for example david and goliath i've that story so many times like oh yes yeah he won in the end but there's so much more to that like in the end just before he david i mean is um gone has gone out to go and um fight goliath in the end of his anointing it says that the spirit of the lord was with him the holy spirit essentially and i think it really struck me because we need the holy spirit in order to go up against our goliaths we need him. We need the Holy Spirit to go up against the fears that many people may have in order to respond in faith. We ourselves as human beings, we are very anxious ridden. We are very um, self-focused. But he himself said, you come in, in with spear and javelin, but I come, in, I come in the name of the Lord. It takes the Holy Spirit to, to give us the perspective of God. Because the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. So he's the perfect being to give us that perspective of God. We, because of sin, can't have that perspective of God without the Holy Spirit. Without acknowledging what Jesus did on the cross. We can't. We're naturally sinners. So, yeah, that's just a, that's just a bit of an example as to what I'm talking about. And I hope it's making sense because I really, really want this year for not just the people that are listening, but even for myself and my family and every single person that may come across me <laughs> in my community to read the Bible with intention and read it with a holistic view. Obviously, if the Holy Spirit has made you focus on detail, that's important. But when you're reading the Bible, we still need to treat it as a book, an entire book, not just cherry picking what we feel is good. Or, oh, this feels familiar. Oh, this feels good. Sometimes, sometimes it's the unfamiliar scriptures that, that get to us. It's the ones that we haven't read before that can help us understand God a little bit more and even help us receive whatever instruction that the Lord is giving us, even just give us confirmation. So many of us look for signs on YouTube and TikTok, but why don't, why don't we look for signs in the Word? Why don't we read the story of the Bible and allow God's Word to shine a light onto our lives? I think it's important. I really do think it's important because 
the Bible is the ultimate book of instruction. The ultimate book of instruction. Even when it comes to praise. If you need to praise God, there are Psalms. If you need instructions from God regarding current events, you know, go to, go to the New Testament, Paul's letters. So much is in there. If you need to learn about the second coming of Jesus, read the Bible. <laughs> Revelation, yes, but from the beginning, everything about Jesus was spoken about. Everything about Jesus is Jesus' arrival again has been spoken about. Let's not rely on other things to carry us into glory. We need to have our own relationship with God. And part of that is reading the Bible. Yes, seek wise counsel. I do it all the time. With my mom, I'm always like, yeah, mom, what's going on? And then my sister, I'm like always just asking. And even when I don't feel like asking, they know me. And they're like, yeah, what's going on? Let's talk about it. Let's read word. Go to your pastor. Yes, it's good to have pastors. Yes, it's good to have worship music. But we need to know God. And part of knowing God is to know his word. The way we read the Bible is the same way. It, it, can, it can be compared to the way we talk to our friends. The more we talk to them, the better we understand their character. And the more we read our Bible, the better we understand God. Just imagine if we spoke to our friends and we only just remember that one time when they um blacked out at at a um at a festival. And that's the only perspective that we have of them. And the and the one time when they they tripped and landed on their knees. <laughs> These are just random examples, but I'm trying to make the point very clear. There wouldn't be a if if that friend hears that that's the only way I actually know them. I wouldn't really be, if that was me, if someone th th thought that way of me, I wouldn't really feel like that person knows me. And don't we do the same thing when we are cherry picking from the Bible, what to remember and what to take in, especially shutting our hearts off to any sort of context or prior and post knowledge of any story that we may know. So I really, really implore you to read the Bible holistically read the bible go on to enduring word for things you don't understand it's really really good commentary listen to sermons listen to different pre preachers obviously use the holy spirit to help you discern whether these are real men of god because we're in the age of deception like there's a lot of false preachers out there that come in the name of the lord and just abolish the meaning of the gospel and just go and do an injustice to the foundation that Jesus left for his followers, including them. Not all of them, but some. So yeah, that's um, essentially the end of what I wanted to say. I don't really think I'm going to be going into a rant format anymore. I wanted to just kind of step out of that because, you know, I'm going to lean into a few more personal things. Just for the sake of like giving context to what the Lord has been teaching me these past few days. Just like a little bit of a side segment. Because that's the whole purpose of this Thursday episode. Just a more relaxed episode. Um, I think... What was I going to say? Holy Spirit, please remind me. Oh yes, I was going to talk about... Um, 
first I'm going to talk about this. Um, I think the Holy Spirit is really moving in this generation to remove all sorts of unhealthy coping mechanisms. I know I was going to say something else, but I'm just going to talk about this and hopefully it will come back to me. Because one thing that the Holy Spirit has been low-key nagging at my at my flesh for is maladaptive daydreaming. Like, I've seen so many YouTube videos, or at least two that have um, stood out to me regarding this spirit. And if I'm not really sure about... If I, if, I, if I don't understand what maladaptive daydreaming is, it's basically just daydreaming and kind of adding action and scripts and um even just talking it out just vividly daydreaming kind of just putting yourself in an alternate universe where you're most likely the main character you're most likely benefiting the most from whatever's happening in that daydream and it's very far removed from reality and i'll i'll confess i used to do this <laughs> I used to do this and I'm still struggling with it. Not as much anymore, thank God. And the Holy Spirit was like, this is not a really good thing. Like, this was like three or four months ago. And I haven't been sharing on it because I think after I heard this thing that Jackie Hoperi said on Jenny, Allen, Jenny Allen's podcast about how it's not, it's not good leadership to not have fully well-rounded opinions or just ranting, it kind of just like changed my perspective of what I say and how I pray. And that's why I wanted to talk about ranting and I'll come back to it. But I kind of just wanted to kind of just let it meditate and let it just like, not meditate, let it just like become a holistic perspective and a holistic opinion and a holistic um, sharing because of that and I think it's really true because I don't want to just say something and then you know lead people this way and then not have the Holy Spirit fully give me the go-ahead essentially so that's why I took so long to kind of share this experience but I think because of like the gap year I have been taking I kind of, you know, if you don't know anything about a gap, it can get a little, a little bit lonely because everybody from your, like, quote-unquote, previous life goes on to live a life that is very much so far removed from yours and you could become an outlier from your um, previous society or your previous circle of people. And part another uh, one of the coping mechanisms that I kind of adopted was like daydream about the future like oh okay yeah it's gonna happen you know and it wasn't good because from just the holy spirit speaking to me first and then going on to find like confirmation from like people on youtube and stuff like that and just word the word as well i think what the holy spirit was saying was this not even i think i know the holy spirit was saying that you're not present you're not present when you're praying. You're not present when you're reading the word. You're not even present with your family because you're thinking so heavily about this world and the lore in your fantasy world. And it was a very hard conviction because it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because <laughs> I literally had this conversation 
with the Lord, I was like, well, you know, my life is not really the best <laughs> right now, like in terms of like where I want to be and where I want to go. And, um, just like the pace of the, the pace of the things that are happening in my life. And I was like, well, this is how I cope, you know? And I think sometimes when, when we get convicted of stuff, especially when it comes to things that we hold dear to us, we kind of just get defensive. I've definitely, I've definitely been there. I'm talking about it now. And it was hard, but I took it seriously. And it was definitely a struggle. It was definitely a struggle between me and my flesh because, you know, on one side you can ignore the hurting and the lostness of your situation and just kind of soothe yourself with this little world that you've created. But it was very, very true what the Holy Spirit was saying, like you're not present. I definitely felt it where I wasn't present in my praise and worship. I would be thinking about, I would incorporate what's happening in my physical sense into the, <laughs> into the, the daydreaming. That's just how much of a chokehold it had on me. And it's not a good thing. And I'm not condemning anyone because I'm literally there. I'm just trying to bring attention to it because you never really know. I never really know it was, a, I never really knew it was a bad thing prior to, defining it and letting the holy spirit speak on it and hopefully this can be an extension onto you if you've been engaging in that like just some sort of advice to kind of just like get the wheel turning in terms of whatever the holy spirit might have been already speaking into your life or maybe this is a sign of what's happening regarding what's happening in your life concerning that thing so yeah i definitely had a hard time and then i watched a youtube video that was kind of detailing this because i saw it i was like oh this is what the holy spirit's convicting me on i clicked on it and boy was i convicted <laughs> i was just like whoa this is a little bit crazy and it was a ripping the band-aid moment but i definitely needed to see that you know i can't put a band-aid over an open wound i need to actually get to the root of the problem which was like, yeah, my life is whatever. And acknowledge it and say, okay, Lord, this is what's happening. I wish things were like this, but I'm going to work on this, you know? And yeah, I think I'll I'll put the video link in the show notes. But yeah, I definitely do think that when it comes to these spirits, we never really know what they entail. And that's why... The Holy Spirit's always, always checking us. <laughs> and that's why we have conviction. So yeah, I think when it comes to daydreaming, it's not bad to have dreams. I'm not saying that, oh, well, you shouldn't be having dreams and aspirations. But when we're letting those things be become an idol, it kind of forces us to become like that verse that's like, they're unknown with their lips, but their hearts are far removed from me. That's definitely what it is. Like where. You're worshipping God with your lips, but your mind and your heart is like, okay, I need to finish this up so I can go back to my daydreaming. Or like, oh my gosh, you know, just all these other non-godly things. And I, the thing that even convicted me about that video was like, oh, you can even have dreams about very righteous things. But as long as God's not at the center of it, or as long as you're the main character and God isn't, it's not good. And I was like, dang, <laughs> that's so crazy because part of these like daydreams is like, oh, this thing I want to do for God, this part of ministry I want to get into, you know? And I through, through that, I realized that this is not good either. Like, 
because I'm still putting myself at the center of it, kind of wanting this glory when God should get the glory type of thing. So, yeah, I think it's it's definitely hard, especially if you've been doing it for a very long time. But it's not impossible because God is so gracious, even in his rebuke and discipline, because he knows why we're doing these things. He knows where they come from. So he's definitely going to give us grace. But it's not grace to abuse. It's definitely grace to understand where he's coming from and want to obey him more. Because, yeah, I think everything that God convicts us of is never for the sake of just making us suffer. It's always to better our character, to be more reflective of him and obviously in the end give glory to him. So, yeah, I think coming back to my second point, the one that I lost about ranting, I don't want to go into a ranting sense. Like That's why I kind of sat on the whole thing about maladaptive daydreaming so I think a more well-rounded um, perspective of what I was talking about and I think because of ranting and in the past I've done rants before and obviously those were done without this conviction from the Holy Spirit because even in my prayers like I would rant bef- more than I pray and I think the reason why it's such a problem is because it kind of puts me at the center <laughs> of of what I'm talking about like oh my problem instead of going into the into God's presence yes giving my issues to him but putting him at the center of it it's very different it's very different hopefully I've kind of articulated that correctly where when you're ranting to a friend for example it kind of has this perspective of like a therapist and a patient where it's like oh I'm gonna talk my head off I'm gonna talk your head off rather and you should just take it type of thing when god is not a therapist he's not that 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 therapist in the other chair just giving notes he is lord yes he's our comforter he's our helper he's our father our father but he's also lord and we should definitely be talking to him with that perspective regardless of what we're going through let's be like job i know it's hard and definitely i'm not necessarily saying oh God doesn't care for what you're saying. Like you have to, you know, view him as this tyrannical figure. But let's in our minds still realize that God is Lord over everything and Lord over what we're, what we're, we're going through. You know? And I'm not by any means dismissing anybody's emotions or feelings or anything. But I'm just saying that like even in the midst of our, of our heartache, we should still be seeing god as lord god as the ultimate source of comfort because i feel like (laughs) this song that i had to kind of come to terms with like when we are ranting we kind of have this what about me type of thing woe me type of thing when it's very (laughs) self-centered and i've definitely had this conviction Instead of saying, Lord, this is what's happening, but I trust you. Because if it ends with us, it's sinful. But if it ends with God, it's righteous. If we're going in with a with the perspective of, oh, I need to just I I I I I need to say this, I need to get this out. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm in your presence, 
speak to me. Lord, this is what's happening. I'm in your presence, Lord. I come humbly because it's all about perspective. I'm not necessarily saying, oh, we need to just stifle our feelings, but our perspective of God matters in how, and that shifts the way we share the, what we're going through with him. It, it shifts the way we talk to him. It shifts the way we kind of interact with him. So yeah, that's just kind of like where the Lord has me. Like a few snippets of where the Lord has me right now. Because I wanted to share it because I think the main thing that's kind of stuck sticks out right now is coping mechanisms and i think the holy spirit for making that clear and just unhealthy coping mechanisms need to go even in the presence of god like how we speak to god how we interact with him how we are in his presence um matters because we need to humble ourselves before him and i think i was listening to the brave heart ministries podcast where um, I believe his name is Alzavian was speaking about how he wanted to be taught something. And then the Lord said he teaches the humble, not the proud. And it stood out to me because I've definitely had that, those moments where I'm like, yeah, Lord, whatever. And, and then I'm expecting him to teach me something or show me something, but my heart isn't in the right place. And that's why I speak about perspective because part of having a good perspective or a righteous perspective stems from our heart. That's why people like David were known as a man after God's own heart because he himself had a righteous heart. That's what got him anointed when Samuel went to go and anoint him, was his heart. God said, don't look at the appearance of man. The Lord doesn't look at the appearance of man, but looks at the heart. So, yeah, I think it's never too late to repent. It's never too late to say, Lord, I definitely see where you're coming from with this. I'm struggling a bit, but I still repent because what you say is is righteous regardless. And another thing that really stood out to me was um, Alex from Amen Alex talking about how God's never the issue. We are. I know it's kind of like a controversial take, especially when we're in this, oh, speak your truth um, society where, oh, it's never you, it's them type of thing. But when it comes to God, he's righteous. Yes, He's just, he's a judge, he's all these other things. But even in those things, he's still righteous. He's never slimy, he's never conniving. He's always true. He's always right. And I think that applies in every area of our lives, in our struggles, in our concerns, in our lessons, and even just in the way we see him. If he's convicting you through his spirit concerning different things, he's right. He's not even just probably right. He's definitely right. And the good thing about that is that it's not just to punish us. It's always, always, always for our good. Because we love him. I'm according, according to his purpose for him. And I feel like I talk about Romans 8.28 a little bit too much. But I do think it's important. And it really does like become relevant in almost every topic. Because God is good. He works things out for our good. And not in a selfish way. For those that love him. Because part of loving God is obeying him. And according, according to his purpose. So yeah. I don't want to make this too long. <laughs> but hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this has been a little bit eye-opening. Because I feel like we tackled three like very um, convicting things. They're definitely things that convicted me. So hopefully it can convict you too. 
So yeah, I hope after this you can go and spend individual time with God. Please, please, please go and spend individual time with God. And yeah, I love you and most importantly, the Lord loves you. Bye. As you may or may not know, Christians are being persecuted in other countries on a daily basis. So I believe it's up to us Christians, fellow believers in Christ, to support them either financially or spiritually. So would you please, please, please click the link in my bio under persecuted Christians. Support them financially and join me in prayer either five minutes, two minutes a day just to pray for them and pray for their strength and their courage to continue worshipping God and to continue following Jesus. Thank you.